0: Welcome to the Loved Called Gifted podcast. This is your place to come for musings about spirituality, identity and purpose. I'm your host, Catherine Cowell. It is my absolute joy to be with Joy Kilpatrick in Bolton at Create Bolton, which has been amazing. So, Joy, do you want to talk a little bit about what Create Bolton is and what it is that I've walked into today?
1: Well, you came into Cafe Create And Cafe Create is really the heartbeat of what Create Bolton is. And it was also the very start of what Create Bolton is. It literally was just a meeting place, a gathering. So we have Create the Cafe, which is open on a Thursday, Friday and Saturday. And we also do other groups during the week. So at the cafe, anybody's welcome. People can just walk in off the street and you just walked in off the street through the little bell, which is quirky. And obviously we just have a hopefully creative menu and a creative cafe where we sell things. But we also do other things when the cafe isn't open to get to know people. And that is the bigger part of Create Bolton. It's a place where relationship matters It's an opportunity for people to be very creative. We just, hopefully, it's a safe place too. That's hopefully where you've come to.
0: (laughs) It's a really, really beautiful space. So in your cafe, which does serve really good food, if anybody's in Bolton, I would really recommend dropping in. But the walls there are covered in all sorts of different pieces of art that different people have made. I was really impressed with your loos. You've got what you referred to as doodle loos. (laughs) Yeah. There's not an inch of wall that hasn't got kind of doodles and drawings and all sorts of beautiful things on it. And you were telling me a bit about the help that you had creating those earlier.
1: Yeah, I think it really just epitomises what creates all about. We had a young person who came in in a really, I would say, struggling state. She'd come through Christians Against Poverty. I suppose in a way it's just a good example. The cafe, she came in just for coffee and cake and we just got talking and our strap line at Creates, creationships that make a difference. So if we're too busy to talk, it's not working. You know, it's all about getting to know the person. And this young person came in and she just started talking about what she loves to do. And I'd started this epic journey of doodling in our toilet, which, as you've seen, it's quite a big space I'm quite a person for detail. And this young woman just said she loved art, so we encouraged her to take some clay away and have a play. But when she brought the stuff back to be fired in the kilns, she showed me her doodles. So I just said, oh, you've come, you know, it's brilliant. (laughs) I'd asked her if she would doodle in our loo. And I would say that was probably about February. And she's just on the verge of finishing them here in July. So that would have been one epic job for me. But this young person has just grown in so many sense of the word by just being given that responsibility. Her life was so chaotic and she didn't feel very worthwhile. She just felt as though she didn't really have something to live for. So this young person's been coming in every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. She's told me which pens she wants. She's been empowered through the pen and she's just got on it and she's brought her own ideas, which is great because we really believe that we just want to give people the space to reach their own God-given potential. And I truly believe, and you have been the witness while you've been in there, there's just some amazing imagery, isn't there, in that space.
0: It's really, really beautiful, and I, I love that story, of you seeing her doodles and then giving her space for that, because mm-hmm. whoever does that, whoever looks at your doodles and says... Oh, you are an artist. Come and have this space to to create. That's just amazing.
1: Just the fact that we gave her that responsibility. Yeah. That we trusted her. And what was absolutely amazing, which was my story from God was I didn't have the time. Yeah. And where I started and finished and where she started, you just couldn't see, it was seamless, which is what God does, doesn't he? He brings the right people at the right time. And she was definitely at the right time because it was created me so much stress in hindsight. But the way it's built her up, and now we're working with her in a completely different way over those periods of when she's had something to focus on, where she's had to deal with other things in her life as well. What's happened is she's used it as a bit of space, come to terms with some of the things she's reeling from and a bit of healing. And we've got to know her. We've had conversations and now we're able to start her on a bit of more journey using the creative arts. And we're looking at how we can empower her now through God, you know, because obviously he's given us the gifts to listen and stuff, but to really building her up so that she could become an artist in her own right, looking at where she goes from here. And it's just been such a privilege.
0: I think as I've sort of walked around and looked at things, that phrase that you've just used, an artist in her own right, this is not just a space where you have people and occupy them for a couple of hours doing a bit of craft all of the stuff that you've got on sale and the exhibitions and the artwork that's on the walls, what that really says to me is that you are saying to people, you are an artist. Mm -hmm. And so this is your workspace, your studio space, your space to create. And that's for all different sorts of people with all different kinds of bits of need, I guess. Mm -hmm. But they're not coming as needy people, they're coming as people who are going to create and make something beautiful.
1: And it's people that you wouldn't expect... One of the things that we are open to everybody, and some people walk in here just expecting coffee and cake. And then when they start looking, and every piece of work that we sell in this place or show has got a story. So if people say, Oh, I love this, we're able to say somebody's stories behind that. And people start thinking, you might just get somebody coming in, not realizing, Oh, You know, so you've done that here and then they'll say, well, what else do you do? Well, we do courses on this and we do courses on that and they end up then going on a course and it's almost like they get hooked, you know, with the ceramics. And we've had so many people that don't realise they've got a life until they start creating And it just brings, it breaks down barriers for a start. We have people that are really struggling with mental health. We have people that are really going through abuse, all sorts. And once you get something in your hands and start being distracted by the doing, the saying then becomes a lot more easy Mm. and the sharing. And one of the things is, it's amazing that God brings people at the right time. And we had a lady who was really grieving from a husband And little did I know, I put her on a course with somebody else who I didn't know so well. And they both went through exactly the same thing together. But one was a little bit later stage and it will get easier, you know. And I couldn't have said that, but that person, the perfect timing. So there's a lot of people here that will have problems just because of what life is all about. And it's just an amazing way of people becoming whole. We've got an amazing creator God who created us. We are all creative. We're all meant to be creative. And it's not just through our hands. We do writing programmes. You know, people that cook, we encourage them to make cakes. And just every part of the arts, we've got a band for musicians. And if they can't sing or dance or whatever, they come in and just beat a rhythm. So they belong. So we just look for what the need is and then just pray how we can sort of help that person through that part of the journey and we're trying to be creative in how we can enable them people come in and get hooked and yeah
0: that's all I can say really (laughs) and there's something about your care for the individuals who are coming through the door and because it's a space where people can be creative one of the things that I've noticed from the stories that you've told me is that actually your response to people is really creative Above your balcony, it says, and God said, let there be dot, dot, dot. And there is something about this space which allows people to simply be who they are, where they are in their journey. And that enables you to sort of create that space for them to just be. You were telling me about one of your potters earlier.
1: Yes. Somebody signed up to the pottery course. And she'd signed and paid and realised she couldn't do it. She was going through turmoil. She really did have a lot of mental health issues. She just didn't like being with people, which going on a course can be quite daunting. So I didn't know this person very well. And I just asked her to come into the cafe. And we actually ended up having coffee alone in a space. And I just asked her to come in on a Tuesday just to do some pottery in the Create community. And we used to have um, another little room and it became like an anteroom. and this person would literally just sit in there. She wouldn't come out. I used to have to take her lunch up to her and just over the time, just giving her a safe space but also putting the right people with her, people that weren't expecting too much. Um, some people don't like talking so put people that would silently work next to her. And over the time, she's just become such an accomplished potter And she dreamed that she would be able to do what she's doing now. I've known her six years now and she's just got to work into galleries now in her own right. But she's got her own studio set up at home. But what I try to do now is get her to come in to enable others. Now she's a lot more confident. She's got an amazing story to tell and she's such an encourager now. And to me, that's just literally about knowing where people are at and not expecting anything and just letting God to be the water, just to nurture the relationships. And we don't force anything. You know, if we invite people in to do a course, they know exactly what we're going to be doing. But we sometimes have people in there that are doing the course who are just like pastoral creators and they just sit and listen. So we're all the time. Just be in the eyes and ears of God, I would like to think. But yes, most of the stuff, well, all of the stuff in the Create Retail part has all got a story to tell. We've got some amazing
0: people. Yeah. And the pottery that this woman has created is just incredible, isn't it? I mean, it's, it, it is very, very beautiful. Yeah.
1: Well, she's selling it. There's some amazing potters on the Isle of Skye. And she's selling it in one of the best galleries in the Isle of Skye because they can just see her passion for that part of the world. She sketches and stuff and goes up there now and she comes back to Bolton to create. And yeah, God knows her heart's desire. And I can honestly say she's flourishing There's a scripture just behind you. It said, he turned the desert into pools of water and the parched ground into flowing springs. And I just feel that's what they've done with this woman. He's done with her. You know, she was parched. She she was drained. And he's watered her and nurtured her. And she's now the flowing springs that are bringing life. If, If she can do it, people that have witnessed her, I can do it. So she's just such an encourager now. It's
0: just beautiful. It is beautiful. It needed, though that level of flexibility and sensitivity to her needs. You know, the fact that it was all right for her to come on a course, Mm -hmm. but then to sit by herself Mm -hmm. because that's what she could cope with. And so what you're doing is just very, very sensitive to the people who are coming through the door. Mm -hmm. And
1: I think it's because it's real. I think we've all had life problems. We've all been, you know, when I look back, I'm quite a new Christian really. And when I look back, you know, I've had sort of things that have happened in my life. And when it's been too much, you shy away, don't you? So I think what God is doing, he's allowing us to use what he's given to us just in practice. And it's almost like just gentle pastoral and very much in his time. Because when I look at Create Now, this was the vision, what you've seen today. But it started off for just two hours a week where people could bring their knitting over coffee. And I honestly say, you said, let there be, God said, let there be, and it was. God said, let there be coffee, cake, and creating, and relationships. And it was as simple as that. It it has just been building up and um, getting people to make their own choices. Rather than being done to, being done with.
0: Yes. And what you've done for many of these, many people is created space for them to really express who they are, to express their voice. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of completely the opposite of being done to. And I was thinking that before you said that, that actually it's very different from creating a service for service users. You're not, you're creating a space where people can discover who they are, discover their creativity and find room to express that. Very much so.
1: And I think having worked for social services for many years, you're always trying to find little pockets where people fit in, sort of like luncheon clubs, daycare. And then when you fit them in there, that's good. You found somewhere and you leave them to it. And actually you're fitting them in boxes, but you're also containing And one of my lessons as a social worker was we do a lot of containing in this world. As long as we can keep people entertained or busy. But actually, sometimes it's totally irrelevant, totally irrelevant to what they are as a person. You know, especially with older people with dementia, you put them in and put some old music on and they're sat there singing. But is it relevant? So that's one of the things that we found. We had a group of gentlemen who were coming with their wives they were sitting in the cafe, and they started congregating together. And six of the gentlemen had had allotments, and we'd just been given an allotment. And the most perfect thing was, we just got discussing allotments. These gentlemen, although their short-term memories was disappearing, their long-term memory was incredible. They knew how to grow a carrot. They knew how to grow a leek and a cucumber much better than we could. So we thought, right, that's what we'll do. We'll use these gentlemen, you know, these men who know it all. So we created this group. We got them to write things on boards so that when they came in the next week, they'd recognise the handwriting. They'd know what they'd said about, you know, their ideas, and they then started to own this allotment. So now these gentlemen go off with a team to the allotment, giving their carers the break that they require doing creative things back here at Create. And it might just be listening and sitting, reading a book or doing something in clay or whatever. But these gentlemen are not just being contained. They're actually doing something that they've loved, but not able to do now because they can't be left on the allotment. But when they come back and look at these marrows we've grown and look at this. And then of course, when we've cut them in the cafe, we bring them out and say, this is the marrow you cooked or this is the leek you've cooked. Today's leek and potato soup came from the allotment. So all the time, it's about things that are significant and relevant, not containing. Because I think there is a lot of containing today. Rather than giving people fruitful things, things that are relevant, things that are going to make a difference. You get to a part of your life and you don't think you can. But actually, if you're given the right soil and the right way to grow, you can. You can still make a difference no matter what your situation, your age, your condition. And that's what I truly believe that God has empowered us to do here.
0: Yeah. So you still have an ability to make a difference to the world. Yes. And something to contribute, yes. which is very different to being the recipient of a service.
1: Yes. And the social work training, getting people to write things around, getting people to own it. Everybody recognises their own handwriting. I wrote that. It's such a simple thing. But then it, when somebody can't remember, well, actually, I must have written that. And it's a starting point for the next conversation coming
0: from their mouth, not mine. Does that make sense? Oh, completely. (laughs) Completely does. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like there were things when you were a social worker that you'd sort of almost been given the vision for in your training. But actually, the way that things work, there isn't really space for it. No. I worked in a management role in the local
1: authority and I got quite frustrated. I loved my job, don't get me wrong, but it was just... There was lots of erosion of all the services that really mattered, the luncheon clubs, the social, whatever. And I think once people were given a service that was everything to meet the needs. And I think quite a lot of people getting more marginalised because the services, the gentle services, I call them, that keep people in the community were being eroded. So doors were being shut on these people. So uh, about 13 years ago, I just felt that it was right not to be doing what I did but it just felt that God was calling me into sort of using my social work skills in a completely different way. I've always been creative. I did a degree in art and design. And at the time when I made the decision to leave the authority, I was quite a new Christian. And I never imagined that I would be able to use my ceramics degree working alongside my social work qualification. And as I said earlier, nothing goes to waste. You know, all the knowledge about firings and glazes and stuff, you know, have just come into its own. because, And the social work just gives me the insight, I hope, just to be able to be there in the right capacity for people but also give them self-determination which is all your social work training and just allowing people to reach their full potential really that's and that's what creates all about but i don't see it as a social work model at all it's just a place to be using the skills that god has given us
0: yeah, so it's not kind of labelled, it's um, just creating space for God to say, let there be. Yeah. And for us to say, for people to say, let there be. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. to
1: dream. Anybody can come in. We do work a lot with people with learning disabilities, people with mental health issues. And one of the things I do know for certain is part of the vision was Psalm 96, I think it says in there that until you know the love of God, until you know what your internal destination is, we're all potentially homeless and create, you know, we are a Christian charity. If people ask us, we don't preach, we just do. We just love people
0: until they want to know where that love comes from. Yeah. So I'm hearing sort of two passions that seem to be running through all that you've been talking about. One is this passion for creating things, and the other is a real passion for people and seeing them reach their potential and seeing them actually experience personhood rather than kind of being somebody's label. I'm wondering when did you first experience the joy of creating? When was that spark lit for you?
1: I think if I look back, it was my relationship with my mum. Mm. She just gave me the time to explore with her. She used to knit because we were short of money. So every cardigan we used to have was knitted. Every dress I had was handmade. I just loved the fact that she used to just use her hands. And then mum never threw anything out. She'd put all the things that were going in the bin, you know, the cornflake boxes and stuff. When it came to school holidays, what can you make for me today, Joy? But she was interested in it. So if I started to make something, so what's this going to be? What's that going to be? And my mum wasn't a Christian. She was just a really good mum. Yeah. Her God-given role. And when I look back, she was the one that just inspired me. Just with the really homely crafts she used to bake, nothing was too much bother, put an apron on, get me on the stool, you know, making pastry beside her. And I think I would say that's when it started. And I suppose that's what I've always tried to do is get people to be as interested as how my mum was with me. And it's something that I'd like to think that we're people to be interested in. Does that make sense?
0: Oh, it completely does. She says she was your first Mm -hmm. audience. She was the person you did your first exhibitions Mm -hmm. for. That kind of what can you make for me? Yes. And then I used art as a way of
1: getting away from home. My dad was very protective. I wasn't very academic. Yeah. But I knew I was quite good at art. So I went to art school. Then I went on to do my degree in ceramics, art and design ceramics. It was really arty <laughs> You know, I do if I can say that, sorry. But it was, you know, did all my art, did my degree show, had a gallery and all sorts of things, you know, did my whatever. And then God brought it all round to working with people, learning disability, did my art therapy and stuff like that. And literally went away from the creating and got very interested in the people
0: Is there a moment or a kind of a period that drew you to that, to working with people? At the
1: time, all I can say, I was very much of the world and it was very much a needs to an end. It was a nice little
0: job. Somebody was going to pay you to do it. Somebody
1: was going to pay me to do it (laughs) rather than be a a sort of like on the breadline artist. So I started working but found I loved it found I loved I think people with a learning disability just
0: opened my world up to see the world in a different way just asking the questions that I would never ask (laughs) so who who would be one of the first people that you fell in love with with learning difficulties
1: let me think um it was a gentleman who this was I used to live in Telford near Ironbridge and it was a gentleman who took everything literal and I remember asking him to keep an eye on the cakes, and when I came back his eye was glued to the oven door because I'd asked him to keep his eye on the cakes. So he was literally keeping his eyes on the cakes. And I was so naive at the time. You know, nowadays it's risk assessments. Oh my goodness, he was touching the oven door and all this sort of thing. But he was just, everything I said, he he'd challenged me. Does that make sense? Yes. And I just loved him for his honesty. I remember he was looking through telescopes and I told him to turn the telescopes around because he had the wrong ends to his eyes. And instead of turning the lens around, he just turned the whole of the sort of telescope all the way and looked in the opposite direction. Okay. And I think because the spoken word, we just assume how people are going to interpret things. It became very po- poignant at that time of my life that I had to stop and think And see how I was impacting others, you know, rather than just taking them literally, you know, turn the telescope round. And he did, literally. But it's giving good instruction. It's making yourself clear.
0: And You've talked a bit about your faith. You've talked about the fact that for much of your adult life you weren't a Christian. When do you think you first were aware of the divine? It was when I fell pregnant. I wasn't meant to be able to fall pregnant
1: with my daughter Hannah and I just knew there must have been somebody much greater than me to be able to make that happen not greater than me but somebody divine to do that and she's Hannah Faith for a reason and we started going to church just as a family and I never ever imagined God would use me it was always these people in the church who were wearing the robes it was a choir But never me. I was just going to be a mum and a worker in the authority. And I just remember thinking, well, actually, I've just been given the most precious gift of life. And um, when Hannah came along, I started to take my spirituality more seriously. So that's about 24 years ago. We went to a church. It was a busy church. It was a wonderful church, vibrant. But you had to do to belong So I started doing youth work and I started doing Sunday school and all these things. And yes, I was out of my comfort zone because I didn't really know what I was talking about when Bible school. I hadn't lived my faith, if you know what I mean. I was probably as young in my faith as the children I was trying to teach. But it was almost like I've always been doing so when I had this vision of create it's been there quite a while about using the the arts as a way of engaging 13 years ago you know it was just yeah I'm going to have to do something about this it was just a chaotic idea and I remember going to our vicar for the first time and he said oh yeah do it in the church and it just didn't seem right it was almost to contain joy you know yeah. <laughs> thought the vision was bigger and then I went to Urban Outreach or this other charity I was working with and it didn't feel right coming there because they work with, a lot with people who are out of reach, people that are homeless. And I just felt God just said, yeah, I want you to do it, Joy. And I'm thinking, oh, I can't do it. I can't do this in the name of you. You know, I'm just Joy who's just coming along for the ride. And it's exactly how I felt. And honestly, it's just, it has been a helter skelter But he's always come up trumps. He's put the framework together for Create. When we've prayed, he's given us finances. When we've been short in the kitchen, he's given us bodies to help with it. And quite a lot of them have come from the people he's brought in the first place. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, it does. It does. And I was just thinking you were kind of talking to people who'd got boxes that you could go into. But going back to what you said earlier about the fact that actually one of the issues is that services will try and find the right box for people. And you were sort of trying to find the right box But actually, your mission is to work in a way that is not about putting people in boxes. So, of course, Create Bolton couldn't be in somebody else's box.
1: No. And it was such an amazing journey, really, right from the word go, because I was looking for somewhere to have the cafe, that was the first thing, just for two hours. Yeah, and I needed it right in the middle of Bolton, so people getting off buses start to get second buses and stuff like this. And I went to one place in Bolton, and the rent was colossal plus a service cost, and I just knew I couldn't afford that. And just remember praying and this gentleman came along and said, come and have a look at this place in the back of our church. And he brought us to where the cafe is now and it was affordable and it's slowly gone up, but it's still affordable. God just knew where he wanted us to be. It was just incredible. So every little blessing has just been at the right stage, at the right time, with the right growth. It started so small and just literally just grown and grown and grown at my pace as a Christian as well. (laughs) Yeah. So who is God to you? Well, God to me was this guy who I went to now and again. But my God now is the God who orchestrates everything. To me, he's the creator God. He's the God that makes the smelling flowers. And you want people to smell those beautiful fragrances. God, to me, used to be this guy used to go and see in church on a Sunday. But now I just really believe he empowers me He's my employer to a certain degree. I would say that I wanted to please him. I find it much easier now to pray to Jesus, the guy who put it into practice, to come down and show us how to feel how to be loved, you know, and to share his love. But just recently, the Holy Spirit, God in three persons, recognising that we have a God of three persons who comes to you in different forms is just absolutely, to me, it's just mind-blowing, really. And I just feel as though now I'm getting a real sense of belonging in the God that created me, his son that shows me, and the spirit that allows me to do what he's called me to do. taking this part of my journey to actually acknowledge that.
0: So the God who you used to go and visit in church almost, in what you're doing here and in your journey, has become the God who is intimately close and involved in all of the details. Exactly, yes.
1: We can all be kind, showing love on a daily basis without having a relationship with God, but... I think God turns things into such a beautiful thing that happens without your power, but
0: his power, and he amazes you. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Yeah. And part of what I'm hearing is that actually you are seeing God intimately involved in the lives of these people who are walking through the door mm-hmm. and God intimately involved because they found their way here because there's been that nudging before they've decided they want to become a Christian, even if they ever do. There's, you're still seeing God's intimate care for those people.
1: And people want that. People are more spiritual than we give credit for. Oh gosh, yeah. No, you expect everybody's going to be turned away from the word Christian, but we're not a church. We're not part of any church. We're blatantly saying we're a Christian charity, but when people come into here, they come into a Bolton cafe. And I truly believe the spirit is in this place. I do truly, truly sense that when they walk in, it's like a little cushion that they walk into the cushion of God and people come in and start questioning, well, why? But I think it's that sense of, there's no expectation. We're a charity that needs money but not a charity that is business orientated. So if we aren't doing very well, if somebody comes in and they need a coffee, we'll give them a coffee. You know what I mean? Money isn't the first thing. Otherwise, why don't they just go to Costa? You know, even while you've been in today, there's people downstairs that I don't know where they've come from. Just new opportunities that God brings in. And we don't pounce on people. But people come back and start asking questions and just want to know that a little bit more. And that's not in our strength. That's definitely in the spirit that is in this place.
0: But they'll be welcome whether they never ask a question.
1: Exactly, exactly. And if they just come in and just want to buy a card, And we've got a lot of people that we buy from now. What we do is we just ask them just to look at this piece of scripture, see whether they can come up with a card with that. So people are creating and looking at scripture and we're not expecting to turn people, convert them. What the idea is just to bring them another richness in their life. So people are coming in here, they'll find a beautiful book card and on the back it might say who it's made from. And they'll take that away into their home. Just looking at that scripture in the home or just the way something's been written on a card, it'll make a difference. It's not always about what we do with people. It's sometimes what God can do with them. You know, it's sowing those seeds, isn't it? Yeah, so.
0: yeah.
1: And it's beautiful. Thank you one of the biggest things is because it was very much by myself 13 years ago it was just me and then a friend came on to help me and one of the things god said to me at the very beginning was don't strive because i've you know i just can't sit down i have to be doing all the time yeah and just recently we've employed three members of staff now because we've grown and god obviously through somebody else just said don't strive i've built up the teams So I do truly believe that it's not the end of the journey for Create. It's God just reassuring me that all is good. So it's really exciting. And with those new members of the teams, I just know Create's going to have a new breath of fresh air, taking it for the next 10 years.
0: Yeah, I'm really struck by that phrase don't strive Mm -hmm. there's something isn't there about trust and relationship that kind of fits for me with your description of gradually in your journey sensing that God is not the God you visit but who is in the detail of everything and that there is Jesus and the Holy Spirit and you kind of describe that sense of coming home and when you're at home you don't need to strive do you? Home is not a place of striving it's a place of being and loving. Mm -hmm. And just being who you are Yes, try not to be somebody
1: else. We've had to do a lot of pruning, cutting back on things because we were run ragged, because we used to go into schools. We used to do all sorts of things under the name of Create Bolton, But over the period of time, God has just got us to what we are now, which is the Create community with the Create Cafe. And it just works beautifully together.
0: Yeah. So are there relationships and things that you still got from all that dashing about doing all sorts of stuff in schools and things?
1: Yes, we have. We have children that come and sing for us at Christmas. So the children come in to create and we give them things to do, you know, in the cafe and stuff. And that's beautiful because it's a school that is predominantly Muslim in Bolton. And the teachers really like to keep that connection. So they come every year. We have schools that support us fundraising and see what we do on a bigger scale. We've had exhibitions here of children's work. We put the red carpet down, we give them mocktails as they come in, so that every child feels like they're potentially an artist, you know, and we exhibit that work and do that sort of thing, rather than always go out to them. We've done that recently. We had this lady who came in, who was probably in her late 70s. She had won not the Turner Prize. She was the most amazing artist. she won not the Turner prize and she showed me some of her work and it was amazing I said oh would you like an exhibition here and she said oh I'd love an exhibition here anyway she went off to the loo and the person she'd come with told me you do realize she's got early stage dementia so I went oh right anyway I said it doesn't stop her and she said her heart's desire is always to have a solo show so she'd always been part of another exhibition. So we decided to put on this exhibition. But because of her memory recall, we decided we'd put a volunteer with her, who worked with her, went out and collated all the work and got to know every piece of work intimately. So we collated it, found the story behind each piece of work. And we had this wonderful exhibition. And her level of memory was maintained for two years. She had two exhibitions and then eventually she died of a cancer, which took her, but we'd managed to collate all her work and she just died such a contented person. And her family had all these wonderful images, all collated, all written, and it was just the most wonderful privilege to have been part of that lady's end of life care. Yeah. And it was just by that little offer, you know, it's just incredible. And we had another artist who comes in, she was looking at an exhibition and she was quite prestigious in Bolton. And I remember I struggled with this because as she was going out, I said, oh, would you like an exhibition here? And all night I was rolling, thinking, I've invited her because it's a kudos to have her exhibit here. Yeah. And I thought I struggled. And she went, oh, I'd love one. So I got one of our volunteers to work with her who was curating an exhibition and the first one went well and then the second exhibition this person found out she was terminally ill she'd got stage four cancer so the person i'd put with her they ended up becoming very close friends and the second exhibition kept this person going and she was working towards this exhibition two and a half years later this person ended up at the end of life care in the hospice three days before she died she asked if we'd go in and prayed and she gave her life to christ wow and you just think At the time, I just thought it was for me, but actually God had that plan. She became so involved in Create at the end of life for two and a half years instead of nine months that she was given, she was able to be part of us. And now we've got a room here called the Rudkin Room and we've named it after her because we just know it's just such a beautiful story and it makes us realise that Anybody can find their heavenly father, the person who what creates all about.
0: Yes, there is something in 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 those stories about the co-creating that we do with the divine, and the fact that actually sometimes our motives are a little bit all over the place, mm-hmm. kind of like we must go out and do many things, yes. but you've created. Relationships through that, and God has used that. And I love that picture of the young people coming to a proper exhibition (laughs) and having mocktails and feeling like they could be artists. I think that's beautiful. And the woman for whom there is now the Rudkin Room, that sort of slightly mixed motives, I really identify with that sense of, oh, I've just done this and I know I've done it because it'll have kudos behind it. And that's not who I am. And yet, in that, God has been able to really bless that woman and her family. And us at
1: Create. Absolutely, absolutely. She was just the most amazing creative person. She did workshops. She came into school with us at the time. She was into spinning and wool. And she just brought so much as well. Through Create, she set her own little projects that she felt she could achieve. And she had little journeys in her end-of-life care that she knew
0: would help her. So part of your partnering with the creative God is that growing understanding that actually whatever you do, God can use.
1: Exactly. And I think God works for all things to the power of good, doesn't he? Yeah. And even your mistakes, he can use. You know, we've made many mistakes and we're all human. I think that's what Create's all about, is just being human, but in a God environment. And you're so right, he can use everything in his way, you know, even how can I put it, sort of like the person I've shared earlier who had severe mental health issues, you know, she's now got a story to tell of her recovery. She didn't want to go through that. It's it's a horrendous situation. When you see it as a, as a good news story to help somebody else who might be sitting in Create feeling as she did six years ago, that's what God gives us, doesn't he? Our stories to be able to share and tell people and it's just getting that confidence to be able to share them and you know it's discovering how our mistakes how our life circumstances the things that we don't want to go through we can use to benefit others
0: yeah and there is something about the kind of dancing that we do with the divine it doesn't matter what steps we take god will dance with us and create something beautiful out of it In the same way, actually, Joy, that you are so alive to spotting opportunities and spotting what somebody needs and how you might meet that need. So like the woman with early onset dementia who had that desire to have an exhibition, that was your moment of opportunity. and You just really found a way of helping her to do that, which has been really precious.
1: But it's a privilege. Sometimes, I must admit, I think a closed mouth gathers no feet, but sometimes God can... (laughs) You know, God can use those open mouth moments, as you said earlier about the, the artist and stuff. I just think it's just being open to, we don't know who's going to walk through the door. And it's just being prepared every morning we pray. We don't expect everybody to pray with us, you know, even as volunteers, but we invite everybody. And it's amazing how they will love joining in prayer because it's something they've never experienced. They want to experience and they always come back for more. The Creator God starts to colour it in for you and that's that relationship. The scripture becomes so colourful when God starts speaking to you through it. Um, We were sat praying and this lady came and she was praying and she said, I just see colour. She said, I now see life through a different eyes. I can now see the colour. And she said, it's beautiful. And that's my gift from God. And it's just literally just being loved because we can't do anything else. She still goes back to the same situation,
0: but she's just sensing God's love for her in a completely different way. Yeah, it's it's been really beautiful speaking with you and hearing your stories. Thank you. Thank you, Joy. Thank you for coming all the way. <laughs> oh, you're very welcome. It's a lovely, lovely place. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Loved Called Gifted podcast. If you'd like to get in touch, you can email lovedcalledgifted at gmail.com. You can find a transcript of this podcast at lovedcalledgifted.com. And that's also the place to go if you're interested in the Loved Called Gifted course, or if you'd like to find out about spiritual direction or coaching. Thank you for listening.